okay. Wow. It was the perfect song. Hello. <laughs> oh, we are what I we are. We it. are. People are people, people are people. It's mm. great. Hey, mm. this is Reeds and Weeds. Hello. And we're back. I'm so happy to be here. You just have no idea. Me this is Shelly Smith. And today we're talking about Brene Brown's um, book, Dare to Lead. And... Um, I loved it, and I'm here yes. with... Did you love it? I loved yes. it so much. Yes. I'm here with Shannon and Claire, realizing Hello. that they've never met each other. So is this off? Can you turn it all the way off now? Okay. Okay. So I realized that I just get really easily distracted. <laughs> so, uh, oh, there it is. Okay, one thought at a time mm. from the outside world. Can't control the inside. <laughs> Can't control the inside world, but that's okay. <laughs> people are people. <laughs> We've got a couple other songs, too, and you'll know why when we get in. But um, Oh, yeah. So tell... Okay, so I'll let you guys. Well, I'll I'll say a little bit about you, and you can kind of give me a life update. But sure. So Claire and Shannon have never done a show, and here um, we are. And here Aww. we are, and it's so yeah. wonderful. Chris is still on hiatus; she's taking May off. And I thought it was. I've had so much life in the la- first two weeks of May. Yeah. Like, mm. It's it been feels insane. like three months. Yeah, I feel the same way. In the first two weeks, of May, I'm like, it's still May. She says, I told you I was taking May off. I'm like, oh my god, it's still May. <laughs> But um, so uh, Claire and I met. We have a mutual really good friend from improv. Hey. Megan Megan Cox, who I think you crossed over with her a little bit. I did cross over with Megan Cox a little bit. She's a really good mutual friend of ours. Yeah. So she's been, she's done several shows. No, Shannon from improv. I think she might have been in an improv group (gasps) with Megan Cox. Ooh. Okay. This is probably Hello? coming in. Hello, Skype is coming. Hello, is this Lisa? This is Lisa. Lisa, <gasps> hey! Lisa we're so excited. Lisa. We just got ourselves together, and I introduced the show, Reads and Weeds. It's our, I think, fourteenth episode. Hey! Wow. Wow. Right? And Lisa wanted to be here. Lisa, um, oh, I yeah. put a call out because I thought it would be fun to do like. Since we're talking about this book, to talk about uh, cannabis leadership, Ooh. and Lisa is the community outreach coordinator at Ohm of Medicine. Oh snap! Hey. So you might have met her. It's possible. Her. And um, and she loved the book and asked if she could call in. Oh, you know who I love over there, Keith. I did meet Keith, of course, that one time, and he was Claire like, knows Keith, Lisa had mad good vibes." <laughs> yes, yes, and you know when you meet Keith. <laughs> You never forget it. No matter how stoned you are, you never forget <laughs> Keith. Hey, like nobody ever, nobody ever goes. I don't, I don't really remember with that guy. <laughs> oh, Wrong really? Keith, then probably. <laughs> then he wasn't there <laughs> because, <laughs> because you would have been exhausted and confused. <laughs> so, um, hi, I'm Keith. Never too stoned for. <laughs> <laughs> I am Keith. Buckle up. It's gonna be banana boat style. Oh, I just imagine like the stewardess, like buckle up. We should. Do he actually that. travels with the stewardess. 
Uh, okay, okay. Yes. So Thanks. I was just, right when you called in, I realized that, um, mm-hmm. so now I have three people who've never been on the show <gasps> together. Oh! So I was gonna, I was kind of introducing everybody. I just introduced you. New and she's ingredients. the one, her little picture is pulled up right here. This is Lisa. I've got your picture pulled up. Aww. Uh, Aww. You have such a winning smile. Presence in and front of the Capitol. lobbying for cannabis law reform. Yay, yeah. you badass. <laughs> yeah. Snap. You doing it for all of us, girl. Yeah, Woo! I was there when that picture was taken. <laughs> yes, yes. And then this is Shannon. We know each other Hi. from Improv, and yeah. she has been on the show a few times. All right. And so, Lisa, tell us a little bit about yourself, girl, and why you wanted to jump in on this book. Yeah. So, as you said, I'm the community outreach coordinator for OM, and I have just personally been familiar with Brene's work for probably about five years now. Yeah. I've read like her Daring Greatly book and mm-hmm. then um, the Rising Strong book. And then I got gifted the Dare to Lead book and it was just kind of sitting there for a while. I was reading other books. And then when you sent out the call, I picked it up and I read it in the last two weeks. And Yay. I've just absorbed it so much. And I just absolutely love her work and I think it's finally starting to click in my brain, her strategies, because now this is like mm-hmm. the third time I'm reading her, like, apply yes, yes. those tools to things. Um, and then just I wanted to talk to you guys about it because just even then talking about it, and then I'm hoping to go through, like, the workbook that she has online. Oh, yeah. Woo! Cement what? In yes. my head because Man. I want to make sure I can actually embody these things in a workplace. Yes. So. Oh my gosh, it'd be fun. Like, I mean, I don't know. It could almost be like an ohm activity. It could be Ooh. like. <laughs> <laughs> Like the way you guys do grow nights, you do yoga nights and whatever. Like it could be people in right. Brene Brown Dare to Lead night. Yeah. yeah, it could be like cannabis leadership book club. Yeah. I'm always wanting another book club. Or just emotional, <laughs> or just emotional intelligence night. Like yes. I feel like oh there's gosh. so much yeah. basic ass shit in this book that's like, oh yeah. yeah. No wonder people right. don't get along. Yeah. Or whatever, you guys, she's you know? called Brene Brown. Since it's for cannabis, you could call her Brene Green. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so um, let me get it together here. Let me tell you our basic, what we try to do, Lisa. What we try okay. to do is catch up with each other real quick. Um, uh-huh. Then we try to get overall kind of like your biggest takeaway from the book. And then we try to start going through and picking out like this is why I think this is useful or this is what this reminded me of and get, and digging in a little bit. And that's the format cool. that we try to do. Um, it's somewhere in there. We'll take a break and talk a little bit about cannabis news. I've made some notes, but I also, I mean, you might be able to comment on a lot of these things that I jotted down. We okay. just kind of talk about cannabis news real quick. We try to get back on track. You cannot see this, but in the middle of the table, there's a piece of paper, and the words "chew, chew" are written on it. <laughs> Why that is there is because sometimes we're just all of a sudden talking about pineapple casserole recipes, <laughs> and no one knows why we got there, or we're like showing pictures of each other's dogs, right? So that the means, tangents that are real. The train is oh, yeah. off the track, and we got to bring so, it back, yeah. and we got to bring it back in. So if you hear somebody waving a piece of paper around, shouting "chew, chew." It's <laughs> We have derailed. <laughs> so that is also <laughs> happening. So, okay. So first, uh, a million things have happened since we were last oh here. Oh, boy. And um, anybody want to give a quick life update? 
Claire, this I'm, is Claire's I, favorite I'm, question. I'm happy to start. Actually, last okay. time I was like, I don't want to talk about anything. I'm here to talk about this goddamn book. Because um, <laughs> my life was really right. overwhelming. Right. Um, I do have some interesting news that I think is relevant to the podcast, okay. actually. Okay. Um, sure, so sure. I am in this week, Monday and Tuesday, I had two final round interviews for or series of final round interviews for two different jobs hey thank yeah yeah. yeah. it's been insane which is why i also very much agree that like may has been the longest fucking month of ever so far because it's like what that was only two weeks ago that i Mm -hmm. did my first interview for anyway so one of these jobs Mm -hmm. unfortunately requires me to take a fucking piss test no well it's legal now well it's a national corporation so even when it was legalized in michigan i when i was talking to someone who i actually know who works there they were like yeah we had the conversation but it's a national corporation so we decided they just uh, you know my management or whoever higher ups decided that we still have to do it so i was like all right i'll try like there's always some validity in doing a little bit of a dry spell you know it has been awful i'll tell you that much (laughs) and i'm like i don't want to work for a company that this is not the kind of culture that i want about it but i'm still regulating my piss (laughs) then i say piss on them my piss is my piss Yeah, Who uh, the piss are you? Hey, so, what yeah. accent do you think I was trying to do? <laughs> I can't even imagine what it was. It's I like, like to think we both had like bastardized cockney. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's a cockney Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. There's, there's somebody out there who fits that identity and they're it's, really mad I'm right now. I'm auditioning for the part... <laughs> Australian cockney protester. <laughs> and I, You're in. I think I've got a shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Well. So, good luck. so yeah. So that's been rough, and I like yeah. feel like an imposter being here right now and not no, being stoned. No. But you know, it is what it is. If it's I mean, <laughs> thank you, Shelley. I'm slightly drunk, so that might be. <laughs> no, it okay, doesn't take as long to get out of the pit. <laughs> Shannon, quick life update. Oh, uh, I have been working on a micro story book. Um, yeah, it's going to be called Exciting. Glimpse, and it'll be Ooh. out like next month. Oh my God. I mean, I'm self-publishing on Kindle, but sure. it's still a badass Hell thing. Yeah. Oh my God, and uh, it, thank you. And it has to do with Brene Brown because it's a lot of these very short, you can read each of the stories in five minutes or so, mm. yes. uh, and they all have to do with taking someone else's perspective and feeling this deep emotion that they're feeling. Mm. Well, oh most of them. Gosh. There's a little bit of like icebreakers in there. So wow. uh, it's under my pen name, which is Shannon Haley. Uh, wow. So you, should, about you that. should check it out when it ha- comes oh, yeah. out. Wait, so Shannon Haley, H-A-L-E-Y? H-A-L-L-E-Y. H-A-L-L-E-Y. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. Because so my last name is kind of offensive to some people. Sure. And so I, I went back a few generations, and I was like, this name isn't. I'll yes. take this one. <laughs> yes. That's a good idea. That's great. But oh thanks. Gosh, yeah. That's exciting. I did. I'm, I wrote Little Tiny Stories. Because yeah. a friend of mine uh, just opened a store in Ypsilanti called This, That, and the Otter Thing. Ooh. And she got these branded little cigarette boxes to put in one of those old school pull crank machines. Yeah. She Um. she wanted people, artists that she knew, to put little uh, prizes in there. Yeah. So I wrote tiny stories <gasps> to roll up like six that's so awesome oh I love boxes. that oh my yeah. goodness wait when did 
this happen? How long have they been there? Well, I just did it a couple weeks ago. So she just had her grand opening. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have to go there. I have to get your little stories. Yes, yes. I'll show you, I'll show you a picture. Of Please do. Um, That's yeah. incredible. <laughs> so, Lisa, what, um, what's your update? Yeah, so um, I'm getting ready to start a community garden plot. Oh, My cool. Hell yeah. We are growing some veggies this summer, which he is an organic farmer, and I know nothing about it. So hmm. I'm a little, I've got a steep learning curve, but I'm very excited. That's going to be, like, my hobby for the summer, and I'm just going to try to focus on that and really learn as much as I can about it. So I'm very excited for that. And then, yeah, another cool thing that just happened, I just got back from Colorado. I was there for the weekend. We actually won tickets to see a band at Red Rocks, and they flew us out there and everything. So oh, my wow. gosh. That's amazing. Yeah, Yay. so that was super fun. So I'm just kind of riding that wave still. I've heard oh, good things about awesome. Red Rocks. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard good things about Red Rocks. The, oh, the, the, oh, the, the venue or the, the festival or... Yeah. yeah, it's a venue, and um, it's so amazing. Like, the rocks are so just, like, majestic, and then the mm. moon is, like, perfectly mm. framed in between them. Wow. And there's mountains, and, yeah, it's just really wonderful. But yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. what's up with me personally. Very cool. Well, yeah, I I mean, I've had ju- it's been tragic. Well, my dad died, and mm-hmm. I was Sorry. on, you know, and, 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 and the, having this to focus on was really good. Plus certain things in there that I was reading, because um, I just got back yesterday morning. Oh my god! Yesterday morning, so I've been gone. Like I went to Florida. My trip to Florida got derailed, and I started reading this in Florida, and then suddenly had to go to South Carolina. And anyway, there were certain things in here about empathy and expecting like that people are doing their best. Just yeah. having that that really were resonating so big from just that whole week of the funeral and everything. So um, so it was so good to have this to think about. And so... Well, we're glad you're here with uh, us, yes, Shelley. Yes, I am so happy to be here. So um, the first thing I thought we'd do is just get like an overall, what's your biggest takeaway? And because Lisa's on the phone, I was going to let her go first. Like biggest takeaway, either, wow, I've been working in you know, a dysfunctional environment <laughs> or a, here's how I know who my favorite leader is or this is how I want to lead or this was a light bulb or, yeah, just give me some takeaways, Lisa. Yeah, so I think the biggest takeaway from all of her work for me has been the realization of how much shame drives our behavior Yeah, and how when you speak about it, like she was saying, it brings that spotlight on it and takes away its power which has just made me feel extremely empowered and more in control of my emotions and my feelings and the things that I do and the reasons for them. Um, And then it's helping me be more compassionate for other people because now I see how that might be showing up in other people's behavior and not to just take it the wrong way right away and to realize Mm -hmm. that there's always a deeper reason for something. Um, And then the other little thing that I've been really trying to implement is the the whole concept of the story I'm making up is yes, <laughs> which has yes. been like radically life changing for me because 
we all do that so much and just calling it out in that way. Oh yeah. Makes me feel less crazy. Oh yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yes. And this is another thing when I go around and ask you guys about your first round of takeaways. And so Lisa, I'll come back to you on this is at times yeah. I was reading this coming from, um, the perspective of a leader and analyzing myself. Like how did I lead that organization? How did I lead that right. improv group? How did I lead that little church group, you know, how did I, whatever, lead that meeting. And then in other times I was thinking about leaders, you know, like, oh, that's why that person made me feel unempowered. And so I'm curious about what parts were you thinking about? Do you see yourself as a leader and were you looking at it from that perspective or were you looking at it from the perspective of an evolving leader or someone being led? So that's something I'm curious about. So tell me about that, Lisa. Yeah. So I'm in an interesting place right now where I think I was equally thinking about it in both realms because I'm coming up on some opportunities to start taking on leadership Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. even more than I have been. So I'm seeing how the people who have, you know, taught me and led me, the good traits that they have and the traits that maybe this work could benefit them, benefit them with. Um, And then also for me, how, how I want to kind of make that switch. And I think Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that stuck out to me was she had a section in there about like, um, hustling for gold stars, basically. Oh, yeah. For me, I'm realizing like that switch over, I have to be okay with not always having that external validation and rather giving that more to other people than I might receive it. Oh, yeah. And that's what is like being a good leader is about not doing it for your recognition, but trying to build everyone else around you. And I think, you know, I'm pretty new in the career world. I'm pretty young, but up until now, I've had so many people cheering me on. I have a great mentor, and I feel so, so grateful for that. But it is coming to a time where I'm like, okay, I think I need to kind of take a little bit of that on and help develop the talent that I see around me, and how can I do that and not um, hustle for my worth in the process. Mm-hmm. Yes, amen. Amen. And you're 25, right? Correct. Right. If you guys met Lisa out at an event... Like she, she runs, she runs the shit, (laughs) confident and well-spoken and, you know, convicted about things and can like right when, um, right when I think it was Gretchen Whitmer, like last year at the Democratic National Convention. And I think it was right after either Gretchen Whitmer or Dana Nessel won, Lisa walked right up to him and said, will you speak at hash bash <laughs> within, <laughs> within 30 seconds of them being announced. Do you, where was that? Do you remember where that was? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 That was actually at home. It was oh, that's right. It was had. a fundraiser. Yeah. That we had for Dana and yeah, I asked her in front of everyone. So she couldn't say yes. no. <laughs> awesome. Noise. It was great. Yeah. It was really great. So, okay. Yeah. I know exactly where you're coming from, girl. And for just, I thought I'd want to, I, I feel like I didn't say enough at the beginning about Brene Brown, um, who I'm just going to read her bio here. She's a research professor at the University of Houston, where she holds the Huffington Foundation Brene Brown Endowed Chair at the Graduate College of Social Work. And she spent the last two decades studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy. She's the author of five New York Times bestsellers, Dare to Lead, Braving the Wilderness, Rising Strong, Daring Greatly, and The Gift of Imperfection. Her TED Talk, The Power of Vulnerability, is one of the top five most viewed TED Talks in the world. And I've known about her for probably over, I uh, probably over a decade, and um, and 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 from all these different aspects of my life at church, in a corporate setting, from friends all over the country. She's got 
a huge appeal because she talks about such human things. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Shannon. Yeah. Um, Takeaways. So one big takeaway was this idea that shame is healed socially, that we can't try, that, you know, it's impacted upon us socially. And so we need to talk about it in order to get it out. The other thing that I thought was really interesting, well, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things, but this epidemic of lonely that she talks (gasps) about. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and I just see it everywhere around and how Mm -hmm. even, and and I hear this, we're like, we don't even want to use the word lonely. We'd rather say that there's disconnect or there's something along those lines. So this is, if I'm remembering, okay, it's a story within a story. It's like someone saying, since I've started to dare greatly, lead as a great leader. Uh, it's a story right in the military where they say yeah. Yeah. tired. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Instead of being tired, yes. it's because they're lonely. Yeah. Lonely yes. makes for the tired. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she talked about uh, this, the same person in the military talked about how there used to be people language in uh, one of their the leadership old, doctrines. Yeah. The old book mm-hmm. from way back in the day had the words like love. She, the, the, it was some kind of army s- or sergeant or something, this woman who mm-hmm. then went back to these old um, manuals mm-hmm. and, you know, did a very basic word search of, of human language like love and compassion or yes. things like that. And 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 in the contemporary versions, the none of these words yeah. existed. But in the old version, there were so many. I don't remember the exact st- but statistics, but I know that she mentioned something along the lines of there were 13 instances of the word love and there were mm-hmm. like 20 something instances of another word. And so maybe yeah. even, even more than that. I feel like yeah. they were in like the seventies for like, some of them. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Some of them they're yeah. just, for and, and, and then, and then zero for the contemporary, yeah. contemporary mm-hmm. versions. Wow. Yeah. 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 And it was specifically in leadership. Like yeah. basically what she's addressing is if you're if you have a leader or you're in leadership, you probably have either been an ineffective leader because you lead with fear or yeah. pushing or shaming without even realizing mm-hmm. it because it's part of our culture, or you've been uh, in a culture where people are so afraid to communicate with vulnerability that it's an ineffective culture overall because people have misconceptions about you know how trust is built oh yeah yeah oh um i found the part where it talks about the numbers okay uh discussion of feeling was 147 times the uh importance of creating a sense of belonging was 21 fear of combat fear of exclusion fear of life and in the profession of arms 35 love was 13 you got it. <laughs> but yeah. but no, so I mean, like, there's all these different instances of, um, and that was the manual back in 1948, and she actually had to go searching for the document because it was so buried um, between then and now. Yeah, yeah. It wow. was It was wrongly categorized, essentially, in the sort of, in the archives. Yeah. And when we imprison the heart, we kill courage, which kind of goes along with that whole idea of if you're a leader and you're squandering the the people around you with shame or whatever the case may be, uh, it can kind of kill their ability to yeah. to help, to do, to make, to create. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. And yeah. because so I wanted to tell Lisa, Lisa, did you know that there was a, a Dare to Lead website that has all kinds of resources on it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was um, 
I'm hoping to go through some of the, like, workbooks that she has to just, like, further cement it in my brain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so one of yeah. the things I thought we would do is, um, wait, there's a thing in here about the definitions. Not the oh, this is so great. I remember I know, she read, wrote about it, but then I completely forgot. Yeah, yeah, and I started looking at it today. So, for example, embrace the suck. Yes! Like yeah. a tenant of what mm. she talks about. She's got I need to frame that. language. I know. <laughs> so, so I wanted to go through because somewhere in here there is a, like, um, you can look at, hold on, I'm trying to figure out, where is it? Kind of like a summary of all her. Glossary. Glossary. That's what it is. So embrace the suck means like this is going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And often the way leaders lead is I'm going to gloss over this. Yeah. Or I'm going to candy coat this. Mm -hmm. Or... I'm going to act like everything's really, really positive, but scapegoat somebody over here on the side. Yeah, or I'm going to shut it down by saying, let's think about that and then leave it off the table. Yeah, yeah. So tell me this. Based on things you've learned in this book, what did it reveal, and anybody can jump in um, on this, what did it reveal about leaders that you've had? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know for me, I would be like, oh, what was happening there was this that person was basically i worked in a culture for a while where there was shame if you weren't like 150 percent in yeah it was subtle shaming it was like well i guess you i guess there are people that could be happy making that much money (gasps) you know and you're like yeah should i feel bad yeah because the implication was you should feel bad that you don't want to Make yourself crazy for money. Yeah, yeah. you should, you know, you're not ambitious and you're not as worthwhile and that's what your worth is based on. I've been in cultures like that Mm -hmm. and it's been hard to identify, you know, seeing it, seeing it as actually in this link, you know, in this book is very uh, justifying. Yes, I guess. Yeah. Yes. So anybody, anybody want to chime in on that? What, what leadership this made? you think about it made me even think about things like comparative where you know like you said where uh, i'd have a leader and be like well so-and-so can do it in this amount of time why can't you i'm like well because i do things differently and and i was more thorough and there weren't mistakes in mind so actually that means that it's less time in the long run right but you get like that seed of doubt about what you're doing Mm -hmm. or the they come to you and they talk about other people in your office and you're like Mm -hmm. why are you doing this and also (laughs) that means you're probably doing that about me to exactly and then then Mm -hmm. you you're you're constantly living in this this yeah fear chamber kind of that Mm -hmm. and you see some other shit about you you're just like oh i see that there is a conversation i can tell it in your eyes or do i really see it or am i feeling conspiracy right now because of this culture Mm-hmm. This was this was the one thing that for me was really astounding and also spoke to something else. I, I recently read a book called Beauty Sick, which is about um, the culture of like how body image affects particularly girls and women and how much time and energy women, in comparison, generally speaking, to men spend worrying about how they look and, I mean, obviously, like the actual physical preparations of 
um, you know, putting on makeup and all those kinds of things. But on top of that, actually, how much mental energy we yeah. give to just worrying and thinking about other people looking at us. So that was one of the big things that for me is like how much energy we spend not being mo- emotionally literate, not knowing oh, what yeah. exactly it is yeah. that we're feeling and not having the language for that. Yeah. Um, and how draining that yes. can be of, mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of all of our resources, um, whether it's, you know, time, money, mm-hmm. um, or energy. So yeah. that was a big thing for me that was confirming kind of a lot of these other things that mm-hmm. I've been thinking about and talking about with people lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in Brene Brown's uh, Netflix, The Call to Courage, she also talks about oh. the number one triggers of men and women. And for women, it's appearance and body image. Yeah. Oh, yep. wow. Yep. Hey, Lisa. Um, on positive, yeah. positive or negative, when you were thinking about leaders that you've worked with, like, what did this, was there anything specific that, like, any specific lessons, like light bulbs about leadership situations that you've been yeah. in? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think for sure, um, in almost any situation I've been in, I've seen leaders that really struggle with going direct to the person that they have an issue to, oh. um, or an issue with, um. And then, like you guys were talking about, kind of having that side talk elsewhere and stuff. And then, if I'm being fully honest, I notice that in myself sometimes, too. Mm Because it can be really tough. Yeah. So, it was great for just being, like, self-reflective as well to be like, okay, yes, I've noticed that in other leaders, but I can see how I can do that, too. So, I need to be, like, you know, hold up the mirror to myself, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I think what makes it hard, and, and this is where I'm struggling, is if the culture isn't there for it, then it's really hard to be the one person that's like, hey, yeah, we should talk about this. We yes. should talk about our feelings. Oh, we should all open yes. up to each other, you know? And, like, that's, I think, so it's twofold. The people not going direct and me noticing it and then wanting to encourage that, but then having that being, like, shut down right. as either not a priority or it being, like, soft or whatever you might want to call it. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've realized, and then, yeah, um, go ahead. Yeah, and then on the flip side, I I have, you know, seen really wonderful leaders just be really good at picking out people's strengths Mm -hmm. and helping them, you know, blossom that. And so I see a lot of the positive things that she was talking about through, you know, just building up their abilities and things like that. But, um, yeah, to be honest, most of it, what I was, when I was reading, is a lot of the things that could be improved because I think... Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are a lot of people who are in leadership positions, but it takes courage to actually try to develop those skills. You're not yeah. just automatically a leader just because you're in that role. Right. And I think there's way more people than we realize that don't actually have leadership skills at all. Yeah. That oh, are yeah. in managerial positions. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it just made me realize how much this information is needed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I think about, like, sometimes she was talking about these meetings where people go, here, let me express myself, and, and then that person listens, and they go, let's circle back, and then improvements gets, I'm like, this sounds like Shangri-La. I mean, this is like <laughs> right. the best conversation I've ever heard of yeah. any company ever. Where did, where are these people? Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. but, but also realizing, oh, I have experienced right now the company that I'm trying to, I'm probably, I've been working part-time for this company, I'm probably going to be working full-time for them soon, and when I bring up things with them, I have such high trust with this guy, Rob, that I can go, well, this will be a weird conversation, but it'll be a good starting point. And he'll be like, okay, let's just do it. Let's just do it. You know, he'll be like, yeah. the proposal yeah. you sent me was too big. we got to figure out a different way because it's got to be money-making activities. I'm like, okay, what are you thinking? What would work instead of what I said? 
And, you know, we're able to just go like, okay, neither one of us knows exactly how it's going to look, but let's head in that direction. High five, you know. And he, I feel like his ego is just not even in the conversation. He's just trying to figure out the right thing to do that makes the most sense. And he's like one of those leaders where – when they talk about the trust, is it the marbles in the jar? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Early on, when she's talking about building up trust, she is talking about a little lesson with her daughter that, like, every time somebody does a little nice thing, uh, they get a, a, a marble in the jar. And the jar fills up, and that's like you're, they're building up your trust. And that way, when they need to kind of cash in on something, you've already built up all this trust. You have to build it all up first, and it doesn't happen just with some leader standing up saying, you got to trust me. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. It's like, well, you remembered my mom's name, and you showed up on time every time, and you, like... Uh, did what you said you were going to do, and over the years, then that is just there. You got a um, jar full of marbles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jar full of marbles. Jar full of marbles. Jar full of marbles. Jar full of marbles. Sounds like a mouthful of marbles. It also made me think of my friend Kristen that I work with. So I was thinking about Rob, and I was thinking about Kristen. The empathetic language, the... Um, and I got to tell you, Lisa, I think you would agree with me that Mark Passerini is really good with empathetic language. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's one of the good ones. He's, a, he's <laughs> one of the good ones. And, and so Kristen Hartnagel, who was a former coach of mine who's now a branding expert, she is that person that no matter what, I know she's, she's going to be like, that sucks, honey. You know, that must be a lot of pain. She, you know, she'll. Mm-hmm. She doesn't try to tell me to get over it. Good. She doesn't try to tell me to look at the bright side of it. She doesn't try to say that happened to me too. Yeah. You know, and I, because I was just at funerals and in hospice and all that for the last seven days. The way people come up and try to comfort you, it's like I did this intense, unintentional research project on, like, how people react. Because you got to think, for them, they're also walking into, like, oh, my gosh, do I want to just hang out tonight and have a beer and watch Game of Thrones? Or do I want to go see this family that's going to be like a wall of grief? (laughs) You know? (laughs) They had to choose to come. Yeah. They had to choose to come. And then they had to walk up to the widow and figure out what to say, you yeah. know? And I was like, this is brave. Yeah. This is yeah. a lot of brave right now. This is a lot of people just crying in front of each other. Yeah. And some people were better at it than others. Yeah. Some people mm-hmm. don't want to face it. You know, they don't want to talk about it or acknowledge hurt or whatever. Yeah. And then other people are just like, so, op- you know, you can tell that they are okay yeah. with their emotions. Right. So those were a couple of things I was thinking about. And thinking about um, my own fear, I guess, is the fear of, um, I guess I'm okay with confrontation, but it's something, something that she talks about with, oh, I know, <laughs> her, her team coming to her and saying, um, you have no idea what timelines, like yeah, what yeah. real timelines yeah. And she has to admit that she's not good with and time. she's not good at it, you know, and, and so... I don't know if you guys were on the show this one night where I said, I didn't want to be bossy. 
right? And now, mm. I don't, does this sound familiar to you guys? I think it was Lisa Simrad. Mm-hmm. No, it was Lisa Simrad, Chris Walton. I was talking about running the show, like mm. leading the show. And I said, why didn't you guys get back to me about books? And why didn't you guys get back to me about times? And they're like, you're the leader. Fucking <laughs> 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 tell us what to do. And I was like, well, I don't want to be bossy. They're like, we're not the boss. You're the bossy one. Just be the boss. And so I was like a boss that didn't want to be bossy. And I found myself in several leadership roles Mm. with my team telling me, we're following you because you're the leader and you're supposed to be the boss. And you need to just fucking do it. (laughs) And I go, oh yeah, I am the one that started this and told you guys to be here. You you know what I mean? And then I forget and I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to be the boss. I feel bossy. (laughs) And and it was my friend Lisa and my friend Christina, like we don't want... Just tell us what to read. We want. We don't want to give you any input about <laughs> anything. You can decide what goes on the Facebook page. You can decide what goes on. The, you know. You, you can pick the music. Like, we don't. We want to follow. This is a scenario where we're following willingly. <laughs> yeah. And so that is a weird thing. But also, I think leader. for for Shelley, for you, like, and I think kind of in answering your secondary question about are you a leader are you someone who has experienced leaders in various ways or whatever that for me and I think you too that we kind of have this natural um leader within us and we're like we have all these ideas and we want to do all these things and bring people into it um and involve other people but they are always still looking to us to kind of make those decisions whether it's like Mm -hmm. I'm the one who's planning that we get together for so-and-so's birthday and we're all going to spend 48 hours texting about where to right. eat when really someone just needs to say, let's go to this place. Right. You know right. what I mean? So right. exactly. I think that that was something for me. It's slurping turtle. <laughs> <laughs> You're all going to fucking be there it's and really it's going to be great. <laughs> and the At answer seven. is always. Seven. Yeah, exactly. Hey guys, we're gonna, I have a group of seven girlfriends. <laughs> I have a group of seven girlfriends that, you know, we do a lot of things together. We're going up north. We're going tubing. We're going whatever. And when they start texting, like if I'm in here and then I go out to my car and there's 37 texts, I mm. know this group of girls is trying to decide. <laughs> yeah. And it's <laughs> like, like Shelly just needs to step in with that I, one text. No, I'm going to come in. I'm like, <laughs> this, like text 39 and 40, they've started to figure shit out. Yeah. And that's when I go. So seven at Argus livery <laughs> and I need to bring my donut float done do you know what I mean but yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, yeah. like I feel like the rumble is happening that yeah, she talks about yeah. the rumble they're all rumbling and I'm just like <laughs> I will let you now simmer yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 okay so um I think I want to talk about specific kind of techniques she does this thing that's really great with um it, like she starts off kind of the okay i'm gonna just talk about the chapters real quick section one the moment and the myths so she talks about the myths of vulnerability that's kind of like the first uh section and that's where she introduces rumbling, rumbling yeah i mean is kind of this like is it was way more of a like a manual than oh, i yes. anticipated mm-hmm. which i actually really appreciate because oh, yes. it shows yeah like how applicable her research really is. She's yes. not just like doing this to be like, let's talk about some like <laughs> cloudy <laughs> emotion or whatever, which now I'm saying that I'm like, she would be like, that's not how you should talk about emotions. But you know, this is, that's how we talk about emotions. Right, right. But so her work is 
kind of turning that on its head in and of itself right, being like sure. emotions matter like massively yeah. and this is why and this is what the research shows so if you want to talk about how it, they don't matter and how being yeah. vulnerable is weak and blah 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 I'm going to give you some fucking hard ass numbers that are going to tell yeah. you that you're wrong yeah. and give you examples and all these kinds of things so I, I mean as a social scientist I appreciate this shit so oh, much yeah. so oh, yeah. much and in mm. just it's it's for real. It's real life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody's living it's in so a situation applicable. where whether whether you're yeah. talking about boardroom situations or for me, like what's been most relevant for me because I haven't been in kind of a, a, a an official or typical job situation in a while is just with my relationships, whether it's like a romantic mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. and particularly right now with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my grandfather just died, so um, you know that same conversation about we all have our grief is going to come in different ways. It's going to yeah, come yeah. on different days and different yes. Im- intensities. And, you know, yeah. like I can't tell someone how to grieve and I can't direct someone's grief in a certain direction. Like, mm-hmm. and my grief is going to be different. And we are like just being accepting of that mm-hmm. and, and, and knowing that we're all, we're all doing the best that we can and we can do better, yeah. but yeah. you know we're we're all here for the same purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's just like very across the board useful shit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So um, so what the, the first one was kind of getting the the call the the myths. The second two is the call to courage, and that's kind of like you have to decide to lead this way. You have to make a decision that you're going to be an organization that leads this way. And she has workshops and stuff to do that. Then section three is the Oh, uh, in the section two, real quick, yeah. one thing that she says that she goes through again and again in the book is yes. clear is kind, yes. unclear is unkind. I love oh, that. Yeah. Clear yeah. is kind. Yes. I love that. Because we're so, I think we have this, particularly in Southern culture, I think, which obviously is where she's coming from. Yeah, yeah. It's that to skirt around things. Oh, you don't want to be mean. You don't want to step on anybody's toes. You yeah. don't want to call anybody out directly. Um, like, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> but you're just like, really, you should say you're you're creating a problem, whether it's for yourself or yeah. for other people yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, clear is kind is something that I has been going through my head a lot. Yeah, yeah. and one yeah. other thing that she also talks about that I found fascinating was the Stockdale Paradox, where um, there were the prisoners of war in Vietnam, and the optimists were the ones who yes. died of a broken heart. Yes. yes. Holy cow, that hit me like a That hit me like a ton of bricks, too, because yeah. I am an optimist, and yeah. I understand that feeling yeah. where I'm like, oh, it'll be okay. Just give me one more week, and it'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. We'll be out by Easter. So, okay, hold on a second. Lisa, do you want? did you want to chime yeah. in on any of those things? Um, I think I'm good, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were all rolling for a second. You really well. Well, well um, <laughs> the... Uh, I have a story about this that came up when I read that is um, I used to work in this restaurant and um, I'm the positive one and I'm coming in and I'm really frustrated because there's glasses that need to be polished and put away. There's racks and racks from sitting out after brunch. There's no ice in the bins. (sighs) And there's a couple of guys who are supposed to be the closers to, like, get us set up for the rush, just kind of chilling, smoking. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just looking around at the managers like, what the fuck? Get on it. And I start hustling around everywhere and... 
trying to get everything done and kind of passive aggressively (laughs) passive aggressively bumping into people right in front of people like I'm doing your job (laughs) (laughs) you should feel so bad right now and this guy that I love working with because he's so chill and he's never stressed and I said um I don't understand how you stay so low stress this job and he goes Oh, I just have a lot lower expectations than you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's legit. Just, he's just legit leaning up against, like, drinking a Diet Coke at the side stand. Like, Man. Not worried about his section that he's in. Not yeah. worried about what everybody else is yeah. doing. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you really think the best of people. <laughs> he's looking at me like, it's a lot of pressure on people how good you think they really are. <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, well, you, I think you think people are going to be as hardworking as you and they're going to be in a good mood and they're just not. And I know that, so it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> and I thought like, wow, that is weird because it is a stress-inducing thing to think, yeah. doesn't everybody want to be their absolute best to you? Yes. And he's like, Nah, <laughs> they don't. Some people want to do the bare minimum, yeah. and I know, and this. that's why they're, you know, and that's, that's why, why they're there. And stressed. yeah, that's why he's not stressed. He's like, I didn't expect that guy to come in here all hustling. That's not who he is. Yeah, and so that also made me think of the. I do. I can't remember what section it's in. If one of you guys, it might be shame and empathy, but I, I can't remember what section she talks about. Can you honestly say that you believe everyone is doing the best that they can? Or Ooh. are you one of those people that's like, hell no, it's a bunch of lazy <laughs> good for nothings. Yeah. Because if you can look at someone and think through yeah. your relationships and think through your coworkers and all this stuff and say, like, I really believe that person is doing the best they can, then you can kind of accept them. Yeah. Yes. Instead of judge yeah. them. Yeah. And then there's that situation. Is, yeah, go ahead, Lisa. Yeah, I think that, and I've I've heard her say that before in one of her talks, and it hits me so hard every time because it makes me realize I can't have that generous assumption for other people unless I feel that way about myself. Oh, and then it girl. makes me realize how hard I am on myself and how it's like, Ooh. whoa, I don't even a lot of times think that I deserve the benefit of the doubt and how heavy is that, you know? Oh, yeah. super yeah. heavy. Well, so I've been doing this... Um, like therapy kind of workshop for the for a while yeah. now it's called um dialectical behavioral therapy with um kind of in a group setting and it's it's supplementary to my kind of like personal therapy that I do but um mm-hmm. it was developed um by this woman who has sort of a personality disorder but is something that is used a lot um for people who it, it's kind of like the basis of anger management training okay um okay. and one of the basic basic ass things that you learn and sort of so so the the idea of of dialectical behavioral or dialectics in general is that it's not either or it's and it's ah, not um yeah. it's not um you know and so for me for me it's a lot of it dealing with my own anxiety and these exact same kinds of things like mm-hmm. i am my own worst mm-hmm. critic etc 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 so it's like like i was saying before i am doing my best and i can do better Yes. Not I, yeah. you know, and, and and for me, like there was points where my anxiety mm-hmm. was so insane that I was like, wanted to just get back into bed every day. Mm-hmm. It's like learning how to tell yourself, um, I am in pain and I am safe. 
Yeah. yeah. These things that maybe in other instances, well, that, that are opposites, but they can be existing in the same moment in your same body. Yeah. And to me, you know, like I said, I think everybody should take dialectical behavioral therapy, a DBT yeah. class, because <laughs> it, PSA. it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and there's, it's the same kind of thing. Like there's workbooks out there, like it's really accessible, all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you read it and some of it's like, this is doesn't totally make sense or blah 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 it's it's too soft kind of as we were saying before but when you when like there were times when I was able to stop myself and and have that saying and rather than but yes yes and I could just feel like very physically a release of oh shit like I'm good like yes, it like yes. this is oh this is acceptance right yes, radical acceptance, acceptance of yes, this yes. is this is the reality mm-hmm. I may not like it I can't change anybody else I can change myself mm-hmm. I'm doing the best I can and I can do better yeah. and we can say the same about other people and maybe it is this kind of like okay, if we're going to really think about it, like Joe Schmo over here probably isn't actually doing his best. However, we can say that Mm-hmm. he's doing his best for him today. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. he probably has some other crazy shit that he's dealing with sure. that, that, that causes him to feel like he needs a job where he doesn't have to be totally present. Right, and there yeah. are all these other things that we can, we can bring to our understanding of other people. And I think that this is this, this is the same shit. These are the same lessons mm-hmm. in how we, you know, accept ourselves and accept other people. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that made me think of two things. One is because a lot of people have been so wonderful and reaching out to me since my dad died, my answer to the question is like, yeah, I'm okay, and I'm terrible. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm okay. I work today. I went and exercised, and I'm also like a weird zombie whose whole life has shifted, you Mm -hmm. know. But, yeah, yeah, I'm doing the podcast, and I read, and it's a beautiful day, and... Nothing will ever be the same. You know? and, <laughs> like and, that, and, holding that, exactly. and, and, and. The other thing is, as a leader, um, that is a whole skill set. She, she does this bit, remember, about uh, the, the, the skill set of a trained athlete, like a billiards player who has mm. studied, you, you know what I mean? You've studied yeah. the thing. You've studied your skill. And as a leader, your skill of empathy it's a skill yeah. to develop, to look at people and like practice, like get, practice. get your practice. Practice, like, practice, oh, practice. This person I'm going to completely accept. I'm going to, this is where they are. Mm-hmm. And man, that, and you're exactly right, Lisa. Like it's got to, you got to hold the mirror up for sure and go, am I doing that? Am I doing that? Like, cause the story, um, and, and if you guys are, into this it could be very vulnerable and brave <laughs> if we really want to get We're into here it. for it okay okay but i was thinking like what's your most embarrassing like i have an embarrassing story the mm. story i'm making up <laughs> yeah and i was thinking about it today because i've been job searching and i really wanted to work for ncia lisa and two different people yeah. re- referred me and what's well, ncia remind us national cannabis industry association mm. and there's a business development position and i'm like this is my fucking job yeah born to do this i like got this great cover letter together i sent in my resume two people who are pretty powerful in the industry referred me i'm like i am so in (laughs) and then they basically said like don't um don't uh 
Don't get your hopes up. No, don't. Uh, you don't. After you send in your resume, don't call or uh, email us because we're getting a lot and we'll contact you. And so my urge to like follow up and control the situation was control. overwhelming. Exactly. Yeah. Control. It was overwhelming. I'm like, well, how am I going to stand out? And should I check in? And da da da. What if I'm being irresponsible? What yeah. if my resume didn't get there? And then, um, so like a week and a half later, I was like. Hey, I'm wondering if you started the. I, I, I said something, just like, you know, how's it going? <laughs> just yeah. kind of lobbed, and they're like, just reaching we're, out. We're, we're, we've got your information. Yeah. You know? And I was so just like, ugh. And so I had this story going on in my mind, like, I'm not hireable. I, uh, you know, I, it took me, you know, I, I, that maybe that's just not the industry I'm meant to be in. I'm going to accept whatever, and this job's going to be lame. This other thing I'm doing. And, that thing was an opportunity, but they didn't like me either. I mean, I, ha- I had this yeah, whole the narratives we tell ourselves. Oh my gosh! And and then today, I talked to a friend of mine, and I'm like, "Hey, I've got." He's been helping me like tailor each resume for each job, you know, because he's a good editor like that, and it's really great. And I was telling myself, the story I was telling myself was like, "What's the point?" Mm. Yeah. What's the point? Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I can relate I'm, to that. Yeah, I'm. You've you've been job searching too. Mm-hmm. And then today he goes, well, don't you have that really high paying job kind of sitting in your lap there? Mm. And the story I was <laughs> telling myself that I was this special, like, you need this super special yep. job to bring out your super special yep. talents, so that you can be a super special influencer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I'm like, wait a minute, I've liked every job I've had. You know, nice. and also that doesn't have to be your job. You know, I mean, like you yeah. can have your nine to five and still oh, make yeah. a fucking and the thing mark. Is, is this is a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. It's a wonderful opportunity. <laughs> it's just that I was like painting this picture in my mind of exactly how things were supposed to go, which is so hilarious. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. when I look back at my last two years, I don't even know why I ever made a single plan. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I crack up. <laughs> And then I'm going to do this. And then my life will go like this, obviously. And I look back and I'm like, wow, Shell. The mushroom <laughs> has different plans for you. Shelley. Dude, I, oh my gosh. This time last year I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a coach for this cannabis company. And I run their YouTube channel. And I'm nice. a coach for this other cannabis company. Like, this is the direction I'm going. And it just, right now it's vapor. Like, that is <laughs> so <laughs> vaporized <laughs> right <laughs> in front of me. Oh, it's completely yep. crazy. We have very little control over very little control. anything yes. but ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And so when I think about, like, meeting people where they are and just knowing that are people doing their best, probably, can you always see the evidence of it? Maybe mm. not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't always see the evidence of it. So you have mm-hmm. to have this. If you're going to choose to be in a leadership pr- position, what I used to think was like, okay, this, here's the set of strengths that you need, and here's the set of habits that you need to be, you know, I wouldn't have thought of things like grace and yeah. self-acceptance. Yeah. Those probably wouldn't have been my top two no. leadership things 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now I understand like, oh my gosh, that's you have to go into every day going like grace, curiosity, yeah, and you have to have self-acceptance Patience. to limit yes. your judgment of other people. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So, hey, I want to do this real quick. <laughs> I want to take, like, a five-minute break. And, Lisa, will you please hang on because I want to talk to you about Cannabis News. And, um, okay. hey, Todd, we're going to play um, Brave. 
We're going to play Brave. When we go to the break, in like two minutes, we're going to play Brave. We're going to, you know, go to the bathroom, get a drink of water, whatever. And then, Lisa, I want to talk to you about cannabis industry leadership and cannabis news. And then we're going to talk about the list of values. Does that Ooh, sound good? Sounds yeah. good. Okay, okay. Do you want to play both songs? Because uh, you're saying five minutes. Uh, brave one song is uh, four minutes. Okay, yeah. So both of them? Yeah, go ahead. We'll do that. And we'll be right back. We'll be right back, Reads and Weeds. BRB. Okay. BRB. <laughs> Is it starting? You say what 
guy doing a video? I don't know. Did he take it like the wrong? Yep, yep, yeah, Brave by Sarah Bareilles. I did not know she popped Dizzy. off like that. I mean, yeah. I've heard well, her she name also did and the all music that, and waitress, waitress, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I did know that. Hey, hey. Where is she from? Is she from Michigan? Why she do I feel from, like I see we her claim name? Michigan. She can be ours. <laughs> Join us. I, she, she's my sister. <laughs> she's one of our best friends. Yeah, I'm gonna we have friendship bracelet. I gotta find out where I've she's from. I see I've so much about you. her. I guess that's just why I thought that I've she was from Michigan. You know, What's she up? used to be mine. From Waitress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so as soon as I heard that song, I listened to it like a thousand times. Oh. I learned to play it on the ukulele. <gasps> uh, yes. I played it at my friend's birthday party. Yes. And then I went to Florida and found an open mic because I wanted to play it again. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I love this so much. She's from California. All right. We oh. can't. Uh, Whatever, Sarah. There she is. Well, they say um, she's from California, but fab. we know. But we love Secretly. the Brave, the Brave Secretly. song <laughs> and then the People Are People song because yeah. one of the things that Brene Brown says is um, she gets really, really, really nervous before this speech in front of all these, like, you know, enterprise. C-level. C-level audience. And, and <laughs> the, somebody, her husband, oh, another speaker comes up and says, people are people. Speaking of Australian yes. accents, I think the guy has an Australian accent. Oh, yes. Cause in, oh, yeah, that's right. I keep circle. forgetting that I Hello, listen mate. to it. I listen people, to People, oh, people. <laughs> People, people, that's not Australian at all. But anyway, so in, when she's saying it, when she's saying it, she yeah. indicates that he is this like kind of fun-loving Australian yes, yeah. guy, yeah. you know, telling, giving yeah. her this this advice. Is he so in the Hawaiian shirt? Was that just in my mind? That's definitely in your ah, mind. Okay. But <laughs> yeah. Also, good. he's probably wearing that under his suit. Sure, sure. Sunglasses <laughs> on. Okay, Lisa, Lisa, we're getting Lisa on here because she has to go soon. Nice. So oh yeah. Cannabis news. So and. Also, I wanted to talk to Lisa about how how about this? How about us, t- you and me, finding ways to build leaders that are going to be in the cannabis industry just to make it like the norm that they're more compassionate leaders? Yeah. Mm. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. You can sign yeah. me up for that. Really yeah. Like that. <laughs> um, that's so beautiful because I think that that's more of like the feminine energy yes. that we need in the workplace and that's something that the cannabis plant brings and yeah yes. I would love to see that embodied more yes yes we'll talk about it off the air so here's a couple cool. things I'm going to run through and you tell me what you know about some of these okay so um, yeah. the states act is uh, you know bipartisan uh, legislation that's starting to end federal prohibition and there's support on both sides of the aisles because so many states are turning have you heard much about the states act yeah yeah and that's one that i from what i've heard seems to be um the most likely to get some traction because of cory gardner's relationship with um the trump administration and just he's a bit more bipartisan Mm -hmm. however elizabeth warren is another lead sponsor on that bill and her and trump have a beef so he you know people are saying he might not ever sign that just because of her um, but essentially, the the language of that is encouraging, you know, states to be able to do what they need to do to make this happen, um, and no more threats of interference or things like that. Mm. Um, yeah, so so that one can appeal more to you know the right side of the aisle as well, which I think is is important to to reach across the aisle and work together on things. But oh, for sure. Yeah, so that's 
that's one of them. Let's sure. also yeah. remember that shame and fear are almost certainly driving his unethical behavior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, dude, I thought about that kind of We're shit all the time. We're just putting that right in there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser announced his legislation to legalize and regulate recreational marijuana dispensaries in Washington, D.C., which also mm-hmm. could affect federal. Do you think that's going to affect federal very much, Lisa? Um, well, it's interesting because I I don't know a whole lot about D.C., but what something that I do know is that their funding is decided by Congress, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they have a harder time passing this type of legislation than a state would because they have to directly work with Congress on how D.C. will govern these kinds of things. Mm. Um, that's my current understanding of it. So potentially, if, if that is able to happen with D.C., then that would be, you know, even more pressure on them. But in all reality, the federal government has carried so many hypocrisies around cannabis, like the fact that they hold a patent on mm-hmm. the neuroprotectant properties of cannabis, yet it's still a Schedule One drug. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if something with DC would would be the thing to push it over the push it over okay. the line there. But okay, you know, more pressure is better than none. So yeah, this, yeah, it's, it's just building and building and building. You know, yeah. we've got to keep it going. Yeah. So another, another, so west side of the state, there's been a couple of uh, counties. One is Allegan that has opted out of marijuana businesses. And now uh, there was recently a survey and Saugatuck might go. Have you heard anything about Saugatuck? I haven't yet. That's Oh, yes, yes. It would be perfect. Yeah, well, it, the, the, the stats said that when Proposal 1 passed, 70% of Saugatuck voted for Proposal 1. So even though that whole, kind of that west side of the state, there's some stronghold counties, if one went, mm-hmm. it could kind of be a big deal. So right. that's good. And then um, also good for the tourism in that yeah. side oh, of the beautiful. state. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a great area. Oh my God, you could have cute little boutiques there. Whoa, mm-hmm. look at the trees now. Oh, yeah. It was already <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot better. Um, three dispensaries received licenses to deliver. Oh, I heard uh, that on the radio a ton this Utopia past week. Utopia Gardens, both in Detroit and Lake Effect of Portage. Hey, so what do you know about this? This is what I'm curious about, Lisa. Is Do you mm-hmm. think, like, hundreds of people applied for delivery license and only three got them? Or do you think just some people didn't want to go that route? Yeah. So I don't think that they're limiting them at all. Like for us, you know, we're looking at doing that too. Okay. It's just a whole other separate undertaking that, you know, we need to have someone working on that project. So I think it's just kind of the priorities of the business. And also it's a pretty insane time right now with all the rules that come out every day and change and, um, mm-hmm, there's a lot to mm-hmm. adapt to. So I think that those three businesses, good for them because they were on it. And then yeah. now they have tons of the press and exposure to kind of make them the first people that are doing it. And that's yeah. great. But yeah, 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 I don't believe that there's any cap or anything. I'm not sure how many applicants that they got originally. But okay. I'm sure now, since the since the news has broke, there's going to be so many that are going to get on that right away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then my last one, and you can add anything else you want to, is yeah. um, the illegal dispensary crackdowns, the ones that are still operating without a license. I, I would imagine, mm-hmm. because I have mixed emotions about it, that yeah. that a lot of people in the industry have mixed emotions. Um, emotion one is why can't we all just get along and let's just yep. grow weed and smoke it. And the other emotion is like if we jumped through all these hoops and made paid all this money to get licensed, why doesn't it matter? So I mm-hmm. wonder if you can relate to that feeling of... Or, or tell me how yeah. you feel about it. Tell me how you feel about it. 
yeah, so me speaking as an individual and my views yeah. on cannabis and all of that, when I hear the word enforcement, I think, what the hell are we all doing? We're all trying to end the drug war. Why are we trying to get other people in mm. trouble for this? Mm. Like, yes. Yeah. It could yes. never, ever be something that we're encouraging, even if we're trying to shut down the quote-unquote black market. We forget that we're taking away people's jobs. Like, this is a, yes. market, a yes. black market, yes, that has been existing in existence for decades yeah. and these are we supplying those people with jobs no the yeah, yeah. well also the the like and social and racial implications of that as well mm-hmm. i think and that whole us exactly. them so, thing never goes well yeah yeah so i cringe when i hear that mm-hmm. and when i hear mm-hmm. other industry leaders or business owners talking about we need to enforce we need to crack down on the black market and i just really I, it turns me off, um, uh. rubs me the wrong way, but also I'm not a business owner and I'm not feeling that effect of it as real as other people are who are putting mm-hmm. their livelihoods on the line in their own way. Yeah. And yeah, it's super frustrating when you follow all the rules. It's an extremely expensive process. Yes. And then your doors aren't, you know, people aren't coming in. It's not busy. You're not making the money that you need. So mm-hmm. I see both sides of it, but I think bringing it back to that Brene work of being really honest about it. Like, Hey, we don't want more people in jail. We don't want more people in trouble for this. Yeah. There's gotta be a better way. Yeah. I have screaming a out enforcement. And it all yeah. seems I like stemmed by fear. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have a question actually. Do you think that there's a fair amount of individuals who maybe are still wary of the legal, um, routes? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. um, yeah. and, and who would, you know, even if there were a dispensary in their small town, be like, I'm not going there. The man's there or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that something that you hear or? Yeah, I would say that that fear and that stigma is still present, even in subtle ways where people like they'll come in, but then they're afraid to carry that bag out because Mm, they think mm. that somebody's going to rob them right away or that someone's going to see them and know that they're a cannabis user and then they'll be exposed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or now we've had to start having patients sign a waiver basically saying they know what they're getting isn't yet tested to all the new state standards. Um, And people get really freaked out by that. People are wary of that for sure. They, They either get really freaked out, they don't want, you know any more documentation mm. of their cannabis use mm. than there already is. Mm. Or people laugh at it. They're like, I've been using this for decades and it's never killed me. Like, yeah. I <laughs> yes, it, yes, know? yes. So well, it's really interesting. There is no fatal dosage. But. Right, right. Well, so uh, two questions for you because I know you got to hop off. One is um, any other news that I may have just missed that are kind of a big deal right now? Or... Um, what if you could like wave a magic wand and see a certain trend in leadership, mm. like people that Ooh, are, yeah. you know, like our reps in Congress are lobbyists, like what would you like to see in the cannabis industry that has something to do with this book? So two part yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant that's as usual. Um, big news. That's, that's really exciting is um, the traction that we're seeing on the safe banking act. So, Yesterday, myself and Mark and um, a bunch of people from the Michigan Cannabis Industry Association was, we were in Lansing and we were lobbying the state legislature on passing a resolution um, that basically would have the state of Michigan say, hey, we're calling on the federal government to change the banking laws that prevent cannabis businesses from banking like any other business. Yay! So, 
Yeah, so that's a really important like pressure point that we need because it's mm-hmm. starting to gain traction on the federal level. It is a federal issue, and the federal government would have to change that. Um, and so the Safe Banking Act was introduced in the House and the Senate, and it's gotten the most traction that it's ever seen. So I believe there's 178 co-sponsors bipartisan in the House, in Congress, and then 25 co-sponsors, so a quarter of the Senate, has already signed on as well. Mm. Um, and most of the Michigan leadership has signed on to that. Debbie Stabenow has not yet, mm-hmm, um, and then mm-hmm. some of the Republican House members have not as well. But we will actually be mm-hmm. there next week for NCIA's Lobby Days. Oh, so DC. fun. Oh, um, I wanted to go. So <laughs> timing um, to kind of apply more pressure on those people who seem to be afraid to, to take the stand on it. And I guess yeah. – I guess um, – to answer your second question, what what I would really love to see is just more of these conversations with Brene's work and then taking it even further and trying to use the plant itself to tune in to those kinds oh, of, baby. Types yeah. of conversations. Oh, um, and really Lisa. just honoring and respecting the plant and holding it with reverence. And um, I think that's, you know, that's, that's something that I would love to see more of, but I also debate myself on that a lot because it's going to be mass produced. We have billions of people in this world. So it's always going to not be respected in the way that I think it should be, but I want to always push for that respect of the plant, the spirit of the plant and what it's trying to teach us. Hmm. You keep being a force for good girl. And I feel like if we (laughs) could, if we could, you know, be those people who early on, whatever, you know, host a little Brene Brown leading with, vulnerability lay the path night yeah. you know night yeah. and, or something and just and just be those people who like oh this people even link these things together if you're going to be yeah. in this industry mm-hmm. yeah create the create the culture we have the opportunities the to yeah. yeah yeah well, well i think repetition yeah. is so important we oh, need yes. to hear it again and again and again mm-hmm. yes yes, yes. Mm-hmm. well i love it i'm so excited that you get to be on and i'm I'm so happy. And you can yeah. come back anytime. Thank you for your work, Lisa Thank you. girl. Yes. Will you totally vote for her? I would totally vote for her. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you've got our votes. I know you're not running for anything yet, but as soon as you are, let us know. And we'll, we'll uh, you know. That campaign staff, you know where to turn. Yeah. <laughs> got some leader skills here. We're running. Okay. Boots on the ground. Well, have, have a great rest of your day. Okay. Bye. Isn't she oh, an amazing she is. wealth of knowledge? Oh, yes, oh thank you. Give me a break. And she's over the phone, but you can still just feel this essence about her, you know? Yes. Shell with yes. the connects. Yeah, well, she's she's wonderful. She's one of those people that, because I probably lobbied Congress two Mays ago, not last May, the May before I was mm. there. And she was there, too. And I'm thinking, like, she was only 23 when she did that. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck was I doing when I was 25? Not doing any of these Uh, things, that or any of the Brene Brown stuff or, you know, any of the reflection upon myself. (laughs) Um, Literature. (laughs) (laughs) Studying literature. Yeah, man. I was Uh, just being a drunk ass working in bars. Like... Which is okay. Yeah. Yes. Which I was doing okay. my best and I could have done better. <laughs> yes. Yes. For sure. You're where you are. You're and where here you I are. am now at almost 32, you know. Yeah, doing so. your best. 
I am, I, you know, I can very, more confidently say that now, but I am doing my best and for sure I can do better, but yeah. 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 So, um, the thing, if you guys are into this, this Definitely. list of values. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's just like shout them out, like into the air. Well, and I narrowing down to two is a bad name for me. Yeah. Hey. Did you not know that? She wants you to narrow them down to two. What? No, I don't know. So, I, yeah, I maybe missed that part she, when I was on my drive or in my walk listening to it. Uh, but I, I do intend, actually, to buy, yeah. to get the book um, yeah. and share it. Because I'm one of those people who's, like, hand someone a book this. and is yes. like, you got to read yes. this. Yes, um, for sure. I got to admit, like, the impulsive nature in me, I would just, like, look at two. I'm like, okay, those are the ones. They'll be perfect. <laughs> let, me look at the, let me look at the list really quick. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you guys go first, and I'll yeah. see what I can do. Oh, so what with. are yours? I don't, I don't think I, I have not narrowed it down to two. Mine, okay. at least at the moment, okay. they will change. Okay. But <laughs> flexibility. as they do. Flexibility is important. Is it on there? Uh, our gratitude and creativity. Ooh, <gasps> I like that. Oh, see, now. If I could have three, I'd also <laughs> add wholeheartedness. Wow. Okay, so actually, the first two. Ooh, yes. is one of mine. Go ahead, Shell. Um, but uh, all these other things like I know. creativity and curiosity and connection, really things that start with C. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, uh, yeah, curiosity is such a good one. Yes. Oh, dude, um, yeah, man. That is that is my jam. Curiosity, just because I'm just like, I just want to learn everything about everything. There's so much in the world to learn. And what kind Jeez. of jam is this anyway? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Jeez. just looking at this, like two that have really been important to me lately um, have been humility and patience. Ooh, yeah. Um, wow. It's almost like you yeah. could do one of those magnet things. Like I have yeah. one with Mr. Potato Head that tells me how sure. I'm feeling today. I would like to do that with my list of values and yeah. have two boxes and be like, my two top values today are, and yeah. like box them but out. But I think, yeah, I think it's important. Like there's so much of this stuff in this book that is like, I need this in a very visible place in my life. Yeah, I know. Like, um, yeah. hey, there's so, there's so <laughs> Tell much. Tell us, Shelly. Is yeah. there a way this I'm can like, happen? I'm like, I want to, <laughs> I want to get this list of values and I want to print it out and I want to write it or, you know, write it in pretty language and have, like you said, have that wow. on my fridge where I'd be like, what do I need most today? Wow, yes. And um, <laughs> don't you wish there were posters that I sure do. of core emotions <laughs> that you could print out on the Brene Brown down. So how much Wait, uh, are you saying this exists? Yes, it Hell does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> be here. This, you belong. This woman Aww. has a mad team, though, also. Uh, like, she talks about her team. So do these things cost like, money or are they free? No, I think you can Yeah, look at you download it. What? Yeah. Oh, I like that it's you belong in front of lockers. They, well, these are for <laughs> teachers. Aww. And then there's I a wholehearted parenting manifesto. Yeah. Oh, manifesto so the list of... The Oh, uh, the list is there. Yeah, I'm about that. I'm about that. The man, the brokenhearted. Oh, I love where she said that. Okay, let me see if I can find the line. I know I can find the line because I wrote it at the top of this thing. If you could see my book, everybody, you'd be like, every that's how I read too, for sure. Not every line for is underlined, sure. but a lot of them are. And then I also have written my top lines, of the my, my favorite pieces at the top and bottom. Oh, yeah. Uh, because that way it's easier to find. Um, oh, here we are. 
the broken hardest are the bravest among us. Mm. And I was like, that's a really great. But this is this is how, you know, I know that I love a book. There's a, another book, not by Brene, but I'm still going to bring it up, called Born for Love, oh. uh, which is also about empathy, uh, because I used to actually teach um, a workshop called Empathy and Art and how they relate together. It was for children. Mm. Yeah. Can um, I take that workshop? You sure can. <laughs> I'll get my co-presenter. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... and. Um, uh, oh, but uh, I had to get two copies of the book, which I'm going to have to do the same for this one. I have one underlined and re-underlined copy with all my notes, and then I have a clean copy in case I need to make... Uh, New notes? <laughs> no, or no, copies. Like photocopies. Photocopies. Anyone oh. wants to like borrow it. That's what I was going to say. Make me not look like out. a crazy person. Yeah. Has to yeah. No, I've been a thinking. Book. I've been thinking about a lot of these things, and a cousin of mine has been talking about... Um, we... we we share in our family this kind of like she calls it her codependent blackouts, which I really, really love. Ooh, what is a codependent blackout? So it's kind of like <laughs> when um, I talk. Tell me love. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. So my description of it is like um, I recently I've been seeing this person for over a year now, and. Um, I often there's like something that I that I don't well this is like in retrospect I can be like oh I needed you to say this to me hindsight is of, 2020 right? ain't it um, but in the moment like my description of it is that there's this like tr- anxiety train yeah. like driving through me speaking of choo choo this is mm-hmm. this anxiety train driving through me mm-hmm. that like makes me feel like that makes me basically do fight flight or freeze ah. but usually in a relationship situation it's fight or flight or fight in order to enable a permanent flight like so, you get into mad fights so that you can be like cut this shit off entirely yeah so this is like the train that kind of oh. runs through you and while you're in it you don't realize who you are you have like created this whole reality these narratives right that this person is a manipulator or this person is xyz you know and that you have these ideas of what's going of what yeah. are going on and you um that you're like the only way to stop this and fix this is to fight and get out of this fucking shit that's patterns they've been in for centuries well and it's really like, interesting you mentioned this because there's a podcast called, called sex essential crisis and they had an episode uh, on it about anxious and uh, about unhealthy attachments. Yes, was, exactly, uh, exactly. That's what the codependence is. This yeah, unhealthy attachment. But it was one of those things that uh, they said something in here where if there's too many good moments and you're only used to unhealthy attachments, you will create problems mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you can't handle exactly. the healthy behavior. Exactly, it feels yeah. too wrong and yeah. unreal. So, so this is what I call my like my like anxiety train and it's so crazy because I like this happened maybe a month and a half ago and I was you know ready to fucking drop all of this 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 relationship drop him before he drops you yeah also that right which is the vulnerability and the inability to sit in that vulnerability or whatever um and as soon as he said what I then later realized was just this very simple thing that I needed him to say. And I could have asked him kind of like, Hey, how do you feel about X, Y, Z instead of doing that? And, you know, being clear, being clear to be kind. Right. I had to, you know, create all this shit. Um, but that as soon as he said like what it was that I needed to hear, the train literally disappeared. It was like a poof and it was gone. I was like, Oh shit. And I realized, and thankfully in that moment, I, you know, 
was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did this. I'm really sorry. And he was very understanding. And like, Mm -hmm. I had to, you know, I wrote him a very long email. And as part of my kind of like the DBT therapy that I was talking about before, like there is this, one of the main kind of like tools that you use is chain analysis. So you're like, how did I get to this point? And you have to like, go back, go back, go back. Like what were all those things that built up to this? And what were you thinking? And what was that sort of false thinking that you had? Um, Whether it was about yourself or about the relationship that that got you to that point where you were like okay like i am being harmed whether physically or emotionally and i gotta get the fuck out so are you saying that you were experiencing uncertainty uncertainty risk and emotional exposure oh really (laughs) tell me more uh, which is vulnerability. Yeah, absolutely. There's also a book called Radical Acceptance, which yeah. um, in this that book, all have the you same, done this? It's the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same language. It's all the same it language. Is. And it's so fucking important. Yeah, you would love this. This is this. Oh, tell us about it, Shelly. On page 250, because you said you didn't get to the end. Yeah. She talks about this snap that she has. Mm-hmm. She's in the middle of everything, and her husband says, we don't have any ham in this house. Yeah. <laughs> and she oh, I love that. Yes. She suddenly has this entire yep. thing about, like, he doesn't think she's a good wife. And, and you know, when she finally comes up and starts confronting him about it, he's like, I just wanted some ham. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and she's created an yes. Oh, yeah. whole narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, I was just hungry, and I just, like, wished we was like, had there him. was literally <laughs> no ham in the fridge. <laughs> like, there was no nothing more to it. She's like, are you trying to make me feel guilty? And I was, he's like... No, no, stating no. facts. I also so, like that yeah. other part where she was talking about the story of, um, oh, what was it? Um, they were going to have this party where they went from house to house to house. Oh yeah, I, I forget the garden. The, you the know garden. how when you read too yeah. many of things of by yes. a certain person, you're like, was it in this part? Progressive yeah. dinner. And so for yes. this progressive dinner, she said, um, "Why don't you do this and this?" And he's like, "Well, no, because this is what's going to happen. Here's how it's yes. all going to block out. Yes. And how about instead yes. we just say, <laughs> not <laughs> have that fight that's going to take an hour, and right. you're not going right. to do this and that. But yes. just to yes. wrap up my point." Um, yes because I just remembered it Um, (laughs) was that like, I love that this is like, obviously this book, you know, books have to have structures or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is about being a leader. But for me in thinking about the conversation that I was having with my cousin as uh, in regards to like this anxiety, this like train or Mm -hmm. codependent blackout that we all have Mm -hmm. um, is that for her, it's like this book would be really relevant just like how to be a good parent. And she does talk about that and mention it like, you know, she says this is not just for leaders. This is for how to be a better parent, how to be a better daughter, how to be a better friend, how to be a better lover, all these things. And Mm -hmm. I think that like, I like that was one thing that if anybody asked me about this book that I would want to stress it's like yeah it's about being a leader maybe um, but how do we kind of like how do we be the leader of ourselves how do we be the authority mm-hmm. of ourselves mm-hmm. and, and 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 you know again the that control like the only pe- person that we can control is ourselves mm-hmm. yeah. um so like that's one thing that if anyone's like asking me about this book like what are those about a leader i'm not a leader like i just work in a restaurant or i just do you know i'm a fucking on the computer and i am a coder and no one ever <laughs> talks to me that, or whatever that claire's characters <laughs> <laughs> and anyway they're like i'm a leader i'm a leader <laughs> And then they're like, I work at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> All the characters in Claire's head have that same voice. And mine are like, Cockney Australia. <laughs> I feel like all Claire's have like this straw hat on them. I'm a lighter. <laughs> Everyone's a 
a while I have a Cockney accent, but it's only when I'm talking about, you know, something something very important, perhaps, and I feel like I'm being really smart. But anyway, um, anyway, that's like one thing what does for me. I have to do to get some <laughs> <laughs> I just want some ham. There's no ham in this house. <laughs> what the ham? <laughs> Okay, I just want to... No, 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 we're on track. Actually, oh, good, you think so? I'm glad you think so, Shell. I have to tell you guys this. Yeah. Way before I read this book, mm-hmm. actually, I don't tell understand me, girl. how much time has passed, but when was Easter? When would Lent have started? March 17th, 18th? Lent? Yeah. That sounds Yeah, good. it was early this year. It was very early this year. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys know what Lent is? I know what Lent is. Okay. I Lent just don't know when it is. It usually leads up to Easter, right? It starts after like and you get something up. Always. You say I'm not going to have something I enjoy. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or with my church, we it's do about, like um, a big ask. Giving things like up. You, yeah. Ooh. You do a big, you, there's two things. We start with like the Lenten season. We've done this a long time. One is like a big like ask. Like I'm going to pray for the leaders of our country, or I'm oh. going to pray for immigrant plights. I like that so much better. Yeah. And then the other thing we do is pray for, um, th- like, a big ask for yourself. Yes. Like something you want to develop or something you want to, like, go of, whatever. And mine, which I carry around in my <gasps> listen to this, my habit to form, because he was, uh. like, asking us to pray for, like, a habit to form. And mine was expecting love and clear communication in personal and business relationships. Oh. You saw and that been, coming. Yeah, and I've been praying about it, like, yeah. every day. Like I, Because I realized that one of my go-to things is... Like, I don't even expect you to be straight with me sometimes. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, yeah. a little damage. Expecting it to be manipulation oh, all the time. Damaged, yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, but, like, what if I just believed that people, mm-hmm. when they said they cared about me, they just meant it? Or yeah. when they said, oh, no, no, this is, I'm really interested in that. And I'm like, you know, instead of going to suspicious yeah. sarcasm mm-hmm. or whatever, what if mm-hmm. I just believed, like, I'm having clear, direct communications in yeah. business? Yeah. Like, if they tell me they like my work, that means they like my work. Yeah. yeah. If they tell me they thought I was funny, then they thought I was funny. If they told me that they were interested in that idea. Yeah. Rather than being like, oh, they probably just said that because they're trying to be nice or right. whatever. Or, <laughs> or looking for the chinks in the armor <laughs> and saying. They said that because they're trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah. Why are you going to just be nice? <laughs> <laughs> Clear to be kind in the right measure. That was what I was thinking about. Clear I know, same here. It's a very good right sign. Clear yeah. to be kind yeah. means that I love you. Yeah. Hey. There we go. Oh my gosh, that's a song. We got to read. Yes. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? Listen to this. this we're still on track. There's a yeah. lot of good songs. This is the train, but also the, these little part of these trains is a different color. It's a caboose, <laughs> you know. It's, 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 it's a caboose. train of a different color. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that for each book, we can have a little playlist. Not just a Yeah, song. I'm about that. Yeah. I'm about that. Because this one definitely, I was like, there needs to be some Bruce Spring- Springsteen. Like, I What's feel that? like. Oh, Bruce. I don't know. I just felt like there was, I, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not like super familiar with uh, Springsteen's oeuvre. Uh, um, but I felt like born to lead or born like there's some born to lead shit, right? There we go. But I felt like there was a little bit of that in, Sorry, in there. Bruce. But um the other thing that I was telling Shelly when I first walked in is that um Brene is also like Beyonce from Houston and the as we I 
I, I was just enjoying the fact that we also come to a, a, a radio to, them, um, boy, to, to a studio. Yeah. And I just listened to Lemonade again for the first time since it first came out because it was released <laughs> on Spotify. And I was like, shit, this is the fucking awesomest <laughs> thing ever. Yes. And it's so dynamic and so just like her range is insane. Um, but yeah, Brene, yeah, but Brene talks about how there's a picture of Beyonce in the studio that she goes yeah. to yeah. Um, to record, to do her book recording her audiobooks um and, and she gives a quote from beyonce in here oh she does of course she does and so they're both from houston they're both h-town girls mm-hmm. so i was like there's definitely you know we got to listen to a little bit of uh beyonce because i feel like um beyonce is leading a lot of these kinds of vulnerability like lemonade is so fucking do you want to hear that beyonce quote yes, yes. okay this was from beyonce said in her first person essay in the september 2018 exactly. issue of vogue If people in powerful positions continue to hire and cast only people who look like them, sound like them, come from the same neighborhoods they grew up in, they will never have a greater understanding of experiences different from their own. They will hire the same models, curate the same art, cast the same actors over and over again, and we will all lose. The beauty of social media is it's... is it's completely democratic. Everybody has a say. Everyone ha- everyone's voice counts, and everyone has a chance to paint the world from their own perspective. Mm. Todd's yeah. queuing up that song. That is for really. Yeah. But, well, um, yes, that it, I, just, I feel that like Beyonce twenty twenty or whatever twenty twenty four twenty etc cetera, etc. Cetera, like Beyonce always is my president. <laughs> <laughs> Those are years, you know. Do I have a twenty-nine? <laughs> Three. Why is saying numbers all of a sudden? <laughs> Those okay. are the years that so people keep saying. I want to. We we got to start wrapping up. That was wonderful. Um, the music we played, Depeche Mode. We're gonna play Try a Little Tenderness. Well, no, we might just put Try a Little Tenderness for um, on the on the playlist. Oh, on the website. have a little yeah. faith okay. in me. But, but but I think clear to be kind should be the wrap up. Song yeah, for sure. I think yeah. it's cruel. Yeah, to be we kind got it. We got it queued up here. Is it cruel. It's cruel to be kind. Oh, that, I don't. We changed the words. Um, we'll do try a little tenderness. There we go. We'll, try well but the thing is, is that I, th- I mean, I, I yeah, will they do say change the cruel with clear. I will say that I think that <laughs> I think that that like people think that clearness is cruelty, but it's not. In the right measure. In the right, <laughs> yes. Exactly. In the right but measure. that's what it is. Like yeah. we have it this can idea. Be a very good sign. We have this idea that clearness is cruelty. That, that clearness is going to hurt someone. Baby. That clearness is yeah. that telling them the truth is oh they can't handle it. Clear yeah, to be yeah. And that is a, if it was a side note. Fucking mm-hmm. misogyny right there. Women can't mm-hmm. handle the truth, mm-hmm. so we got to fucking mm-hmm. lie to them. Right. Um, right. But anyway, right. moving right. moving right. forward right. and we go. Such a hater shot. Man, in that episode there was some Australian cockneys, some <laughs> some British so uh, some uh, country leadership and hats. People really listen just for the accents. I wish <laughs> I ever <laughs> do, do you just listen for the accents? So, so okay, so Let's wrap up. Brene yeah. Brown, Dare to Lead, wonderful. Recommend yeah. for anyone. Everyone, uh, everyone, and, and everyone. And she has a wonderful resource, um, daretolead.brenebrown.com. She's wonderful. She has a wonderful TED Talk. Um, if you're a leader, if you're trying to understand your company, if you're trying to understand your family and communications and boundaries and vulnerability and shame and growing in yourself and communication, then it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. And we all have room to grow. And it's backed by fucking science, so don't be a dick (laughs) and say it's soft. (laughs) 
Oh, what um, this review says bad by fucking actually, It's actually feelings. really, really, really <laughs> difficult feelings. to be vulnerable. Whoa, feelings. feelings. Yeah, well, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to uh, make a list of songs. Yeah. And go back to Hell all yeah, I'm about that. I'm about it. Make this of songs. <laughs> so, um, all right. So let's end with Try a Little Tenderness. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Are you ready? Sorry. No, no, no. That's. I think that's a good one. I think it's a good one. And plus, it's a jam. Yeah. So it's So whenever you're ready, man. Boom. All we're that. signing off. This was uh, Reads and Weeds. And we had... Episode Claire 14. 14 I think. Yeah. One, four. I think, yeah. Baby, baby. In the teens, anyway. 14 like, on the 15th. I mean, I know I've been here wow. probably four be or five. But. <laughs> uh, we might not shut up, so you can just start playing. <laughs> yeah. Also, Brene Brown, I'm going to write you a really long letter and ask yes. you to come on the show. Be my mom. Be my mom. Okay. <laughs> Take, us out, Take us out with Otis Love you. Take us out, She's waiting in depths and tests for painting for things that she'll never, 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 never possess. But while she's there waiting, and without them, try a little tenderness. That's it.